0: Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you are tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving this show some of your attention. If you are a return listener, you are literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's guest is Katie Yurko, or the Violet Fog, as she's known around town here in the ATX, as well as on her blog. She is a beam of light in the health and wellness space who is passionate about helping other people understand themselves and their own bodies more. Having battled through her own struggles, Katie spends a lot of her time researching superfoods that people can utilize to improve their mind, body, and spirit. She doesn't just hand out information though. She can literally make you a potion to lift your mood, reduce your stress and anxiety, and literally help with all the ailments that come along with those. I can personally vouch for her potions. They are damn good and good for you. So let's go listen to Katie's story, get inspired to take action on our own health and put it into our own hands, and let's Thrive on Life. What is up, Thrive fam? CJ Finley here back with another Thrive on Life podcast episode, and I'm super excited for today's conversation with Katie Yurko. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Heck yeah. You rolled up with one of your famous potions, which I'm really excited to not only dig into later after this episode, but talk a little bit about here today. But the first question I have for you, and it's something I've always wanted to ask you, just never got around from it. Your brand is called The Violet Fog. Could you run us through two parts of this question? One, how did you come up with that name? And two, what does it even mean?
1: Okay. So it's so funny because people ask me that all the time and I never... I like never have a straight answer for them because it's meant to be kind of elusive. The violet fog can be anything to anyone. So I run a blog and I run the potions, but for the blog, a lot of people come to my blog for ideas or to think about things in an emotional way because I write about a lot of emotional situations. They want to they want to come to me for health advice or some of them just want to come to me for skincare stuff. So it's kind of something different for everyone. So I kind of like that the violet fog, it's like what does it mean? It could be anything anything to you. If you really want to get granular though, how I came up with it is I've always said that women are like flowers or like violets. And my blog really is mainly for women. I do have male readers and they're awesome. But um, I'm a nerd and I'm super into science. And when you read about violets, there's over 400 different species of them. I'm like, oh, there's over 400 kinds of women, way more than that, you know, but we're all violets. And so... Yeah. Where did
0: the fog part come in?
1: Okay. So the fog part came in because I started it in San Francisco, which is very foggy. And I would write a lot about love and dating and the city and like underneath the fog. And so it was kind of like an ode to the Bay Area at the time. So the Violet I Fog. I love that. Yeah.
0: When did you live in SF?
1: I lived there for four years. From I lived there from 2015 to 2020. Okay. Four and a half years.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what brought you to Austin originally? Because I don't know any of this. So for anybody listening, like this is cool because I get to know you a little bit better. But
1: for sure. So I moved for love. My fiance's name is Dan. You know Dan. Yeah. And um, and honestly, I never thought I would leave San Francisco. I'm just like I'm just such a nut for love, and I would do anything for love. And I had such a great life in SF. My career was booming. But I fell in love with Dan who lived in Austin. We had met in San Francisco. He was there on business. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, I'm moving to Austin. I'm in love.
0: And then, okay, so, man, there's so much to unpack there. I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I want to get into that because there's a lot of people I think that wouldn't do that. And especially in today's world, I want to inspire people to actually go after that and and chase that feeling. Um, But I do kind of want to start going down the path of your blog and- Mm were you always a writer or how did you come about to start this blog and then start gaining a following around that blog
1: I have always been a writer I was that kid that I had so many journals stacked high I always loved to research always loved to write and I first had a fashion blog back when no one even really knew what blogs were and like this was back in I think like 2009 And I I used to thrift. I still thrift. I love thrifting. And I would give people advice on thrifting clothes and, like, styling. And that was my thing. I used to be so – I mean, I'm not as into clothes anymore. But um, I had that for five years. And the last year or so, I had started kind of writing other pieces, like more emotional pieces and things on health. But I'm like, this – it, like, very awkwardly fits on a fashion blog, you know? And so – and then I eventually – just closed the, um, the fashion blog that was called York style at the time. And then launched the violet Vlogs. I'm like, I, and it was funny because all the stuff that was doing really good on the fashion blog, like doing the best was my health stuff, my emotional Interesting. stuff. And so I was like, you know, and I was starting to get burnt out on clothes. And to be honest, I was a terrible fashion blogger. Like I just, I don't really like being in front of camera for like posing for photos. I'm like kind of an introvert the The best fashion bloggers are the one that they're just like audible ready. They are always with their nails done. everything's like always pristine all the time. I'm like that's just not me and so um and i had and I just started like getting way more into other things, and so you know, and I was like, well, I mean, this community community is clicking and liking these other things that I'm writing, so I think I'm gonna give this part up and move to something different
0: I love that, and I think. A little bit of it when you tell that story is you just finding yourself mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong because I think like you did the the number one thing which is like just start with something and yeah. then see what happens and then as you start growing something you kind of start feeling well I like this but I don't like that and you're able to pivot it into some other area but for anybody listening out there so it's funny because Thrive on Life started as a blog too. Yeah. And I've, told yeah I've, I've told this story prior. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've told the story prior, but it, it'll hit home with you. Um, I've not been a writer my whole life. I mean, I, I used to write poetry a little bit, which is kind of funny, um, but like English class was not my favorite. It was more so like science and, and math and stuff yeah. like that. But as I got older and like Instagram started coming out, I was like, you know what? I actually enjoy like telling stories and things like that. And my buddy Jeff, who lives in Boston, we actually made blogs together, but we didn't show anybody. We were literally like writing blogs just to show each other. Yeah. Um, And I just kept it going and actually Thrive started. I had a Thrive weekly blog. And like that's how I even met my mentor and like raised some money and stuff like that. And um, I don't do it as much anymore, only not that I don't want to, but like just other passions have come up. Right. Um, But one of the questions that I want to ask you is, what were some of the things going through your head when you when you first launched? Because I think that are, there's a lot of people out there right now, especially after the year of COVID that are rethinking their life and like maybe considering starting something. Totally. And I've noticed a lot of people are afraid of either what other people think or you went into fashion and you didn't stick stick with it. And yeah. they're afraid like, well, what if in a couple of years, I don't want to keep doing this anymore. What were some of the things or hiccups that you went through in the beginning of it uh, that maybe somebody could hear and and kind of dodge at this point?
1: For sure. So when I launched Violet Fog after the fashion blog, I mean, I really did just dive right into it. And I have always been of the mindset of like, it's okay if I switch things up throughout my entire life. Cause like, I just, I like variety, but I think, um, what was some of the biggest hiccups and so hard, at least for me to do, cause I'm not very technical is actually setting up a website. That's so, that's so tough. Learning SEO stuff like that, like the more technical stuff, is is tough. So I think a lot of people, if right now they're thinking about starting a blog, it's so much more than just throwing up a pretty picture and writing. That is the heart of it for sure, but there's so much that goes behind the scenes. So I think if someone was to want to do this, like just really study all the facets that go into running like a really high-profile, successful blog. Because like for me, it's not just running the blog. I'm marketing it. I'm doing SEO. I am always working in the back end of the website. And one thing that's really helped is Dan helps me now with the back end. But before that, I had someone that would always help me with the technical stuff. So I think like if you're not technical, get someone to help you. Or if not, like just commit to, to learning that stuff. Take some courses Because you just, you can't have a successful blog and just write and put it up there.
0: I love that. And really life is just surrounding yourself with other people that kind of fit the expertise that you don't have. So your weaknesses, they're experts in, and then you're the expert in whatever their weakness is. For sure. Now on the flip side of that, what are some of the things that you did in the beginning that you think actually set you apart and helped this thing kind of grow into what it is today?
1: So I think... I really think one of the main things that helped Violet Fog grow is it was a very boots on the ground approach. I would tell everyone about Violet Fog. That was like the only thing I would talk about. I would find, like, I'd be like, you have to read this article. Let me send it to you. And I would purposely for the first, honestly, basically the entire time I lived in San Francisco, but mainly really the first two years, I'd only take Uber pools. Because I knew there'd other, be other people in that. And that is a be,
0: marketing tactic oh, yeah. right there. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I would take at least like one Uber pool a day, you know, or at least like probably like three or four a week. And so those are people that I would talk to. And like that type of interaction, you know, with someone that's like, you know, first off, you're trapped with me. So sorry, like you're going to hear about <laughs> it. You know, like second, by the end of this, you are going to be so curious and want to read Violet Fogg. You know, And it was my target audience then too because I was writing so much about San Francisco life. These people are either visiting in San Francisco, they're living in San Francisco. So I was just like, so that was my approach. And as we've talked about before, I do really well in one-on-one and those are always one-on-one situations. And if I got into an Uber pool and it was like just me, I would tell the driver. Oh, I'd always want to tell the driver too, no matter like what. I'm like that, I really think that helped so, so much. I used to get messages all the time I found you from that Uber pool, you know?
0: No way. This is crazy because one of the ideas I, so I've actually, I've driven three lifts before Yeah. because I wanted to just, I wanted to see the other side of the spectrum because I was was thinking of a marketing plan where I would pay people extra dollars per hour to drive around and market my business. Yeah. So like, imagine like putting stickers or something in their car, like for my business and on top of the Uber, I just give them an extra two bucks an hour or whatever. So that they're not only getting paid by the Uber, but they're getting paid by me to just like talk about whatever I had in their car. So I wanted to see if this was feasible, but it's interesting that you you thought of that. Do you have a marketing background at all? Like you mentioned your career, like what was mm-hmm. it prior? Like
1: I don't have a, well, I mean, I studied communications okay. and I think that that's a major where there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. wrapped up. It's like psychology, English, journalism, marketing, you know? So like, I touched on it a little bit in college. I also think I I grew up with a dad that's very was so good at marketing himself, marketing himself. He was in sales and he would always just I always saw how he was marketing himself all the time. You know, and so I would kind of think about like things like that and I'm like I just with like the Ubers. I'm like I just got to be brave and just go in there with this agenda, you know, every time and like worst case scenario they just they don't they don't visit the the site or they don't want to talk to me. That's okay. It's not a ride that's going to last forever.
0: Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, maybe you actually build a relationship, which is really what it's about. So it's just like, I think half the battle of anything is just having something to talk about. I think a lot of people like are sh- stay shy because they're just like, well, I don't want to come off in a certain way, but like you are literally just talking about a blog. So it's such a yeah. low barrier to entry where like, totally. no one's going to hate you for talking about a blog. No. Like it, they're either, it's either going to go in one ear out the other, and then they're going to forget about you or they're actually going to like build a relationship with you around this blog. Yes. So I might have to steal that. Steal it's that su- you
1: should. It's such <laughs> a good idea.
0: Minus. I mean, how many, when's the last time you've been in Uber?
1: I know <sighs> like, Probably a few months ago when I had to go to the airport.
0: Besides, uh, here's an even better question, Niche Down. Besides the airport, when's the last time you had to go on an Uber?
1: That I had to go on an Uber. I know. Like, it's crazy, right? I can't even think. Yeah.
0: I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how they're doing as a company. No. Total I sidebar. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's really interesting. And I think my next kind of follow up question, because you're talking a little bit about marketing, is you did mention how much actually goes into blogging. Um, what is your, what is your process look like? Because I don't normally go through this on the episodes that, that I have, but I think blogging is really good in two ways. Like for me, writing has been super therapeutic. So even if you're out there and you're considering writing a blog just to do it for yourself, Mm -hmm. um, it's really therapeutic. Um, but then two, it's, again, such an easy way to kind of get into the business world and like figuring out like where do you want to go with what you're trying to do? So I just always try to preface like why I'm asking these questions. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what what is your process? Or let me make it a better question for everybody. What was your process then versus what your process now with your blog? Yeah. Give like a comparison.
1: Okay. So then I was much more focused on the blog than social media. Now I would say it is a blend of the two. Um, before, but even still now, like, okay, so let's say I'm doing a health article, a research article. I'm a very like obsessive person. If there's something that I want to research, I research it till I am blue in the face. I'm talking like that will occupy my mind. Any free time that I get, I am researching that. And before I can even, like, come up with an opinion, I have to dive into scientific journals. I have to talk to experts. I'm so annoying. Like, I do have, like, some connects where I can just text them, call them, and be like, all right, th- I have a theory. This is what I've been reading. What do you think? You know? And I just, like, from all these different avenues, I will eventually come to a, an opinion, and then I will write something. And so it takes me, actually, a really long time before I actually get to writing it. Like, I did um, – last year I did this article, this research article on CBD. It was 4,000 words. It was my longest research article. And I remember saying on Instagram, like, I'm going to start researching CBD. And like, just so you know, it's going to be a long time before I come up with an opinion. And it took me six months. And I just, in that time, I was just so obsessed with researching what is the best kind? What do you, like, what do you need to pair with this? How much do you need? How is it different? Why do some people, like, why does it work with some people and not with others? And that took me so long. And so it took me six months before I actually got it on the Of course, I was writing other blogs, you know, before then. But it really is a ton of research. And then, and then I write it out. And then I usually let it sit for, like, two or three days. So then I can go back with fresh eyes. And then because if I try and edit it, like, right away, I always miss a ton of typos And typos kill me as a writer. I just like, I die inside when I catch a typo, but it's bound to happen. And then I will, um, I'll try and make it a little bit more SEO friendly. And then like I'll go in, I have like a Yoast plugin and I'll fill in like the things that I have to fill in I will um, either take the image myself or, like, if I already have one that I can already use, that's awesome. Edit it. I usually try and, like, lower the resolution so that it's not a super long loading time. My old site, I had an old site that had over 400. It ended up getting hijacked this last year. Like, that's a whole ben other story. Dan was telling me. It was. I mean, it was so horrible. It ended up, like, being, you know, it's, it's okay. But, um but, you know, one of the things that was wrong with that old site, it was really a heavy site. It took a really, a long time to load. And so, like, this new site, I'm very focused on image optimization. So I do that. And then when I put it out there, I mean, it's, it's just marketing it. It's talking about it on, on Instagram. You know, I don't use Facebook as much anymore, although I will say the first two years of Violet Fog, like, over half of my stuff came from Facebook. In fact, I kind of want to start using Facebook again.
0: I'll I'll tell you, I just started using Facebook stories for yeah. like the first time this year uh-huh. and like a lot more traction than I thought it was going to get just wow. through Facebook stories. Yeah. So it's like there are still people that use that and that never really converted to the Instagram yeah. of the world. And I, I kind of forget that because like we live in Austin where like everyone's on Instagram. Like I feel like, yeah. and like when I go home, a lot of my friends like don't use Instagram the way that we use Instagram. Like For sure. they're on it maybe once a day and yeah. like they don't really do anything with it. But People there scroll Facebook a lot more, so it's like I think it's 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 a demographic, a hundred percent. It's a demographic thing. Definitely. Um, and I would, I would recommend it. Like, I know what what could you use? You know. And then also LinkedIn, like
1: I know LinkedIn
0: has done really well for me in the past, and I'm trying to ramp up more there. Um, yeah. But the organic reach there, the reason that LinkedIn is so powerful now too is like on your own page, you can like feature your content. So if you go to my LinkedIn page. You'll see not just like my career, but it'll be like my last YouTube video is like featured on my actual page. So whatever I feel you like want, you're people such
1: to a see. master at putting <laughs> your content out there on different. Channels. You're so good at that.
0: It's uh, it's one of those things where like just like how you're obsessed with the researching of the article. Yeah, I'm obsessed with optimization because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just be straight up like I like to have fun. Yeah, so, like, I like, but I also know that you have to have some sort of results in life to like earn an income to yes. like have fun. So yes. w- the equation I've always lived by is like, how do I get the results in the most efficient way where yeah. it's like, it doesn't break down because a lot of people will, will cut corners and not make it quality and then it'll break down and then it fucks up your results and it fucks up your time Right. versus I'm just like, how do I like really think this through? Yeah. So I'll spend time like watching videos on how to make a process being, impre- it's really nerdy, but it's, it's more so like, you're
1: so good at process Or like, that's a real skill.
0: Yeah. It's, it comes from my dad. Uh, he was a electrical engineer. So just thinking through like 10 steps ahead and like literally being able to, one of my biggest problems in life has been able to be present because I'm thinking 30 years ahead yeah. and like engineering my world. Like I just have that type of brain. Yeah. Where I'm just trying to engineer the world that I want to live in. I wonder in.
1: what type of Myers-Briggs you are. Personality test. I don't know,
0: but I I know on the Enneagram, I'm a seven. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Super, like, what is it? Optimistic, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a four. Yeah. I, what is a four?
1: Like, very artistic, emotional, creative. I've never... Not good at processes. Like, fours are not good at math, typically.
0: Yeah, it's like... It's, it's an interesting thing because... What I've honestly been trying to do is tap into that more, yeah. Like the four, like creativity and and four, because I've realized that I like working with creatives and creative creating processes for creatives because you see things in such a different light, yeah. Um, and I think, and this is, the, I, lo- I love where this conversation is going. I think for our world to change the way that it needs to change is people leaning into the differences within themselves and like realizing Absolutely. how different we are but yeah. also how much the same we are because if i if i lean into my more emotional side then i unlock this ability to innovate the process and engineering side and then vice versa if you lean more into your process side it allows you to the way that I would put it, is it allows you to be more creative because you unlock extra creative time. And that's really why I like working with creatives because a lot of them get stressed out because like, how do I make money? And how do I do this? And how do I get enough time to do this? Making money
1: has been so hard for me as a creative. I've always been able to make a living. Like, don't get me wrong. I have. I've been able to pay my bills. Like, I'm very proud of myself, but it can be so hard for a creative to make money.
0: Why? From From your lens.
1: Okay from my lens, from my like very, very just specific lens, blogging, right? With bloggers, a lot of the times the way that you make money is through sponsorships with brands. And so as like a creative, as a researcher, I just hold my work in really high regard. Like I have such, it's just like such a small window of brands that I would work with. It's tiny, you know? So like for me, It's just there's not many brands that come along that I want to work with, you know, and it's like I always, like, have people – I've even had a mentor of mine be like, you should just loosen up the reins a little bit, you know, like, because you need to make a little bit more money, Katie. Like, if you want to do, you know, put more money towards this for advertising or whatever, like, you need to bring in a little bit more income. I'm like, no, I will not take this deal with, like, X, Y, Z, you know, because I feel like it will cheapen me and I just won't do it. And so, you know, I think, like, creatives come into this thing of where, especially when you know your worth, you know, like, it can be just hard to – I don't know, find those perfect matches. So for me, yeah, it's, it's been more of like the struggle of – it's because then the brands that I want to work with, are often way smaller brands because they're the ones that I really feel like have a lot of integrity, are doing it right, you know, And but these small brands don't have a very big budget. And so then it's like, you know, I would still rather work with them because I think they are the far superior brand than these bigger brands that have a ton of budget, but I don't believe in them.
0: What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Katie. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Katie Yurko. One, I would say just as a friend and a big believer in purpose, you're such an example of like, don't bend for...
1: Yeah, don't bend for anyone. Don't
0: bend for the cash or the, yeah. big, the big person in the room. Um, I love that because I'm the same way. I will not sacrifice my moral code and my um, yeah. core values for anything. Um, and I've given up tons of money and projects because of that reason. Um, but the second thing is, so you, you mentioned like the, the money. What a lot of creatives do is – they don't focus on the right equation and they don't set their system up for the right equation. What actually makes the money is the amount of viewership you get to your site, right? right? So the actu- what your business actually is, and this is what you have to focus on, is it's a two-part business. It's I have to be a marketing and ad agency yeah. and I also have to be almost like the New York Times. What is that called?
1: like a uh, publication, a
0: publication. Yeah. So you have to be a publication and a, and a marketing and ad agency at the same time. Yeah. Now most people, they do what they're just passionate about. So if you're yeah, me, that's me,
1: I don't, I like, yeah. don't want to do the that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to negotiate money and all yeah. that stuff. If
0: you're like me, I sit on the marketing end where it's just like the reason that I got into this. Cause I realized this was the problem for creatives. I was like, the only thing stopping them is while, while you're writing, no one is showing the world your stuff, right? So you have to figure out what is the system that you build so that while I'm writing, more eyes are coming onto my site, yeah. And then the brands that you really want to go after are going to have the budget because if you have the ability to say, "Hey, I have a hundred thousand visitors per week, right? And ten of ten percent of them convert, so that's ten thousand yeah. convert to sales, yeah. Um, which that's a really high number. Let's just say one percent. Okay, one thousand yeah. convert to sales, and then that company makes a, a margin off of that. That's pretty heavy, but totally. you also have to think in that other side of your brain where like now again, it's the numbers game. It's not the creative brain. Yes. Um, and this is why I'm super heavy on finding co-founders or business partners I or know. luckily for you, your, your other half is more, uh, business. the sales I know. business. <laughs> he is. I will
1: say, I will say like Dan has helped me so much with making money. You know, like we've had a lot of serious conversations where he's just like, you got to stop doing everything for free you know, you, like, you have given so much already, like, you deserve to start making more of a living, you know, I'm like, I know, you're right, like, I look back in San Francisco, the amount of things that I would do for free, even, even still, you know, but it does also make me feel good, like, I don't want to make that seem like it's just a bad thing, like, I think I've done a, like, I feel very happy to have given my time to a lot of smaller brands Mm -hmm. that, like, I really, like, want them to get seen, you know, Like, like, what they're doing and, but yeah, at the same time, I am – I'm getting so much better at just being like, all right, like where can we find a budget, you know? Because I'm going to be researching this, like let's be honest, for probably 40 hours before I come up with an opinion. So let's, let's yeah, find a way. and
0: the thing that maybe you can leave here with is like you have to think of it like every th- – and this is how I've thought about it. Like every thread that you pull now. So like you have – let's say you have a piece of clothing, mm-hmm. which is great because you had a fashion blog. And you see this like – thread popping out. If you pull that thread, what I think about is where else did you just pull away? Meaning like if I pull down here by my knee, that thread is attached maybe somewhere up near my my arm or whatever. It's like your fascia. Yeah. And maybe the arm is the bigger brand that because you pulled this thread and chose to work with the smaller brand because you feel good, you then ruined this whole thing because you didn't instead of building the system to attract this bigger fish to make that living, you're just continue pulling these threads and you're actually like lessening. Now, in the beginning, I would say, because I want to clarify for anybody that's thinking about starting things, you got to start for free and build your oh, portfolio yeah, you in the to. beginning yeah. and like start leveling up that way and build relationships. But just like you said, once you get to a point where you know your worth, at that point, it's, okay, how do I attract more of the bigger fish and like what is that system you start thinking in okay maybe your free work looks a little bit different so instead of helping out the smaller brands with certain things maybe do the free work for the bigger brand just to get in there and it's just like but this is where Dan comes in hey Dan reach out to these bigger brands first and then say hey we're willing to do one of the things an ecom will do is like a, a prove it type of model. Yeah. Like, hey, if if you do X for us and we prove it at at cost, can we negotiate on the back end? Yeah. And that's where again, if you can drive that traffic and you get people that actually love your stuff, yeah. And you prove that these people love your stuff, other those other brands are going to come in and pretty much just ask you what what is it that you want on, from from your end, but. Yeah, I'm not here to console you. I want to hear more about no, your I story and it. everything like we'll give that. give me a consulting um, <laughs> session later, please. <laughs> but it's something that everybody struggles with. And yeah. like especially like I, I rack my brain on like how to get more creatives to understand one, understand their worth and really think about one of the things that I've noticed is um, a lot of creatives, like a, a great example is in their creative process, they're not calculating the time that they're actually spending on the creative process and then charging
1: for that. that is, that is such, that is a thing that I've really had to learn in like the last year is just how long things take me. Cause I really underestimate everything. You know, I always, I'm like, Oh, I could get that done in an hour when like I started tracking it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this takes me five hours, you know? And that's, very valuable time that's That's like like if you
0: you went and got a corporate job how much money would you just made yeah yeah
1: totally for sure and so yeah time tracking oh my gosh if you're a creative you got to start doing it because it definitely like turns on a lot of light bulbs
0: and then i think the next step to that is as soon as you start doing that time tracking what it unlocks for you is like again like that thread right now you're pulling, you're getting really creative, you feel good. But at the end of the day, if you're anxious and you're like stressed and you feel like you can't pay your bills and stuff like yeah. that, like you're not going to be more creative. No. Versus if the goal is to continue to be more creative, yeah. you need to lead into that other side of the brain and then figure out that system that, totally. really, that really works for you. Or- have an awesome love story, and then yeah. have somebody else come in and help you. So I'd love to jump back to that because it's really intriguing to me, and kind of change the pace here. Yeah, um, away from me just giving consulting advice because that's not what I want to do here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you were in SF, crushing mm-hmm. it, and Dan's yeah. on this business trip, and this is highly relatable to my wife and I's story, mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm I was the one that moved, so I know yeah. what the, I know what that is like. Um, but yeah. D- how how long did you know him before you oh, ended up? It was
1: very shotgun. It was like, I met him December, 2017. And like, we totally hit it off, exchanged numbers. And I was like, you know, it was so funny. He, I kind of blew him off a little bit in the beginning. Cause I'm like, I am not about to fall for a guy who is in Austin. I've like, I've done this long distance thing. No way. I love my life in SF. It's not happening and then I eventually, I eventually answered one of his phone calls and that phone call was like three hours long, you know, those kinds of times. It's just yeah, like, awesome. yeah. And then we just ended up talking every single day for five months, whether it was on the phone, whether it was FaceTime, you know, and you get to know someone so well over the phone because there's just no physical distraction. It's like all there is, is conversation. And so I eventually, so then that was December, 2017 that I met him. I came to visit Austin for the first time, May 2018. We fell in love like that, like first weekend that I like came to see him. And it was so weird. Cause like I felt like I already knew him so well just from, you know, all talking this to him, talking. Yeah. yeah. And then by September, I was living in in Austin. And my friends at the time were like, What are you doing? You are nuts. You just met this guy. This is like so, so fast. And it really, really like, thank God it worked out, you know, because that definitely was a risk like dan and i both say we're like we're so lucky it worked out because but i look at
0: it like one of the reasons i want to ask you this because that one it's a great story um but i I wish more people would do it because like say it doesn't work out at least you knew at least you chased that feeling of being alive to
1: love is the best thing to love and win is the best thing to love and lose is the second best thing You know, like it's, and that's not my quote. I found that somewhere else. I don't know where, but I've always kind of lived life like that. It's always worth chasing love and being in love. You know, like don't ever grow cold to love because it's just, it's the best thing.
0: And what else, like really what else is there? Because one of the things that, and I'd love to ask you this question is, on a whim i asked aaron to like go visit her we we've known each other for since we were 10 and i asked her to go visit her and all that worked out yeah and i chased my gut feeling and like yeah. that love so in business a lot of my decisions when i'm having tough tough choices of yeah. like what should i do i think back to that scenario yeah. and i'm just like okay what was i feeling then and like what made me do X, Y, Z. And then that's the choice that I go with. But do you find this like in your blog and everything else that you're working on now, Like, did that basically create momentum for you?
1: Yeah, oh, like just like having a gut feeling and going, yeah. oh, for sure. E- I mean, even down to certain articles where I'm like, should I put this out there? Like this could be controversial or this is, you know, if I have a gut, a strong gut feeling that I'm like, no, this is something that I should put out there, I always listen to it.
0: What would you say is like, because I, you're a very self-aware person. Yeah. And a lot of people I would consider are not. Mm-hmm. Um another two-part question. Were you always like that? And then if you were, how can somebody else maybe tune into that? Or if you weren't, what did you do to get there?
1: I don't think I was always, I mean, like yes and no. I really think once I moved to San Francisco, my life really changed. Before that, I was going through so much that I was like, I had oh man, I was addicted to all these pills. Like a lot of people are very shocked to hear that about me, but I was, I had like just so many, so much darkness in my life. And I feel like once I started healing and getting just more in tune with myself, I really became like, I just had this notion of like, it is so awesome being self-aware, you know, like it is so cool to learn about yourself and just sit in your feelings and figure out like what makes you tick, you know, like you, you find that, like, you are the most interesting person in the world. Like, mm-hmm. you to yourself, you're the most interesting person in the world. Me to myself, I'm the most interesting person in the world. You know, like, why wouldn't I want to figure out more about myself? And um, and I think, like, I think that's something that self-aware people, like, realize or they enjoy their own company. Say that again. I think a lot of self-aware people enjoy their own company. And, like, they're not afraid to just s- spend time with themselves.
0: That brings up an – I've never heard of it told like that. And I had you say it again so that I could buy myself some time to think about it (laughs) in reality, but also so people could hear it again. And I'm always – I've always been a why guy, the systems thing. Like that's where it started. It was just like as a kid, I would just be like, why, 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 why? So your research type of personality like really jives with mine. And the thing that I think about the most is we're stuck in this – World where technology is improving so so quickly, yeah, that we are almost losing ourselves.
1: Totally, yes.
0: To the speed of everything, mm-hmm. it's just like we don't know how to keep up. Our hardware is built for thousands we're, of we're years so ago. We're
1: so stressed,
0: and we're so stressed. Information overload, and then we have these phones in front of us twenty four seven. Yeah, where how can you be self-aware as a human being if you you can't even spend one minute a day yeah. like just sitting there? Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest thing. So I'd love, wh- what does your daily routine and practice look like these days? Because like I meditate and like go on walks and things like that. But what are some of the things that you do when you are stressed and you are in that darkness to kind of like flip that switch nowadays? Because I think again, None of us were taught any of this. Yeah,
1: like, totally. I oh, it's we're existing in a reality that just has never happened before. Yeah, and I will say when I do scroll too much, I I, re- I do start to get down a little bit just because I feel like I'm wasting time. But at the same time, I still do enjoy the scroll a little bit because I learn a lot. Like I am just such an information junkie that like I love the internet for that reason. Like I just love to learn, but. I will say like things that I have to do every day, definitely walks, prayer, my relationship with God, super strong. I, he, My best friend, I talk to him all the time. Um, I would say like a lot of longevity practices. It's like weird, but I really – I'm such a firm believer, especially like in the last six months that emotions get trapped in your body and we have to not only mentally work on it by like talking about it, doing the mental work, but I really think like there's certain practices on the human body that are just – it's, it's more than something physical. For instance, working on my fascia, like it can be such an emotional release. There are a lot of people who talk about they start working on their fascia and they so, will start crying.
0: So for those that don't know, what is fascia?
1: Yeah. So it's the connective tissue. It basically holds all your organs, all of your bones, everything together. Like when you cut into a chicken and you see the white film, that's fascia. Fascia is everywhere in your body. It's, it's basically what gives you your shape. And so the thought is that there is a lot of emotions that can be trapped in there, you know, or if like, even like a, even just repetitiveness from a past life. If you've like, if you had this job that you were working at for five years and you always sat in a specific way, like in the chair, you know, and then like your body kind of starts to form to that. And maybe like you actually have subconsciously some bad memories about that chair, saying like that, but your body's still remembering because it's now kind of like twisted its fascia up in a way that it just it's from that chair. And so unless you work on it and release it, it's gonna stay that way. So fascia work for me, I do it almost every single day. And I stretch every day. I'm, I day. I'm—I love stretching. I find that it puts me into such a parasympathetic state. And it's like, even if it's just two minutes, it, I just feel like it challenges your balance. That's a longevity practice. Stretching feels so good. You just feel more limber, and there's something about your body just feeling free and unrestricted that I just think it it makes my mind better. It makes like thoughts flow more for me, and it gives me like a moment. It's like there's something about challenging your balance too that you're like, I'm really strong, you know? Like look at me, like I can I can stand on my tiptoes for sixty seconds straight or whatever, you know? Like it's just giving myself little encouragements and moments throughout the day to feel strong is super important to me.
0: I love that you said that because, one, in a lot of my fitness routines, I add a lot of balance in Mm -hmm. and then balance and strength. And I try to get it out there because a lot of males do not stretch and do not practice flexibility and balance work. And I always go back to like some of the strongest human beings on earth are gymnasts and they're the most flexible and they stretch the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just having an understanding of biomechanics of like – If you have a bigger range of motion, you're going to be able to create more muscle um, and then the therefore be stronger. So I I love that you started touching on stretching there. I was not anticipating that. Stretching,
1: Um, I do that after my potions. I make a potion and like for people who don't know, a potion is adaptogens, mushrooms, Chinese herbs, Peruvian superfoods, dose out medically, like very, it's very therapeutic and I really make it a ritual and I do this every day. I make myself a potion, and then right after, I go and stretch. And it's just – I am blissed out after.
0: I'm happy that you brought that up because, like, the next thing I wanted to get into was the potions. It's it's kind of something I've been holding off on this whole time. I've been wanting to ask – Ask it, but saving it a little bit more towards the end um, because Aaron and I love them. Like yeah, we were going to the, I know. You guys are
1: so the
0: native to to come to come get them, and it's it's this type of stuff that we love, and we love seeing how you and Dan are like um, together on it and like working on it because that inspires us to do the same thing. So for it's sure. really cool to watch you do that. And thank you so much for bringing. Yeah, on. Um, I'm excited to drink it right yeah. after this. But how did you even come up with with that again? obviously you've been talking about how you do research and things like that, but this is kind of something different. This is also a product and you're starting to put that out in the world. So when you first started doing this, did you ever think about that you were going to give this out into the world or was it something you were just doing for yourself first?
1: Like, well, yeah, I always wanted to do something like a coffee shop. I don't think I want to do a coffee shop anymore. Like I, I'm still in this stage where I'm I've definitely feel like I've made a lot of progress, but I'm still doing like some reformulations, like I'm changing the milk. I did like a full fat coconut milk, but it was so hard to put in a fridge because it would start to get a little chunky just because it's so fresh. So unless you heated it up. So I'm still working on certain things, but the premise of it, the the part that's so important has remained the same. And it is specific um, ingredients, recipes that I have worked on for years. Like, talk about obsession. Like, I – so the first thing that I really got obsessed with was cacao. And so how it first sparked was I had just moved from San Diego to San Francisco. And I was like, I, I have been so depressed. I've been, like, addicted to all of these pills. No one really knew. I was very good at hiding it. And I was going cold turkey off a lot of, like, different things. And I'm like, my neurotransmitters were fried. And I was like, I need to do something for myself that's natural and is going to be just good for my brain. Like I really just felt like my brain was, I was, I can't, even, I was spiking all the time, like how I would just like react. I had just had, um, I had brain fog all the time and I was super moody, like very bitchy to my friends and just, and that's not me, you know? And so I was like, I need to do something that is, just something I can do every day. And I don't even know how, but I started researching cacao. Cacao like very different from cocoa. Cacao is incredible. It really is like brain fertilizer. And there's certain cacaos that are just top of the top to me. I think criollo cacao is number one. I think it's completely untouched. It is so high in theobromine, which is truly like fertilizer for your brain. There have been studies done showing how we can help people with depression. It really is a true mood booster. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start. And it would just be like almond milk and cacao and maybe a dash of maple syrup to sweeten it a little bit. And I started doing that and I I just started feeling better. Like It was something about... You know, and I'm always like, was it the placebo effect? But even if it was, like, that's a very healthy placebo. Cacao is so good for you. It's 40 times more antioxidants than blueberries. It's just, it's amazing. And so I started doing that. I'm like, whoa, there is so- totally something to this. Like, what else can I do? And then and then I started researching more mushrooms and Chinese herbs. And I just became obsessed with these drinks. I've always been a big beverage person. There's something about beverages I just love. I love sipping on Anything, you know, like it's just my, I've always had like two drinks in hand. And so I was like, you know, I like, I want something that's not always coffee. Cause at first I was putting a lot of stuff into coffee. I'm like, but I don't always just want to be drinking coffee. And then, and then, and I'm not always in the mood for a smoothie. So I feel like a potion is kind of an in between thing, but also I, started getting into how things need to be prepared. Mushrooms, for example. Like if you get mushroom powders, they really – they have a chitin wall around it. And to, in order to access the goodness, you really have to break it down with heat. And so I'm like, I you can't even put these in smoothies unless you're heating it up, you know. So even now, I'm starting to serve the potions in bottles so people can store it in their fridge and have it later. I make it hot first or at least the mushroom part because it's so – I just think a potion is just so – it's made with so much love and intention, and there is so much research behind it. It's not something that I just woke up one day. I'm like, what can I do to, like, expand my brand? It's like this has been a process in the making for a very, very long time. And I'm – I, you know, whether it's, like, a good or bad – I mean, more a bad thing, but being a perfectionist in certain ways, like, I – to bring something to market, it had to be perfect. I I had to, like, double-check everything. Do I have all the dosages right? Is this taste Okay. Does anything cancel out the other thing? Does this enhance something else? So yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride.
0: Yeah, it's something that I think, again, your story is so awesome because most people, when they're going to start something, they're thinking with the end in mind yeah, in kind of the wrong way. You should always think with the end in mind. Like you shouldn't yeah. start building something like if you don't love the thing, right? Right, right. Um, but the end in mind of like, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have complete freedom. I'm going to, like, that's what most people are thinking because yeah. going back to the whole technology and social media make you think in that comparison loop. Um, really? But something that you're shedding light on is something you were so passionate about and just researching just to research yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. where you never even thought about, oh, I'm going to be bringing this to market right. with my soon to be husband who is also learning yeah. about this and thing. We had and two he says, like, it. Yeah. So it's one of those things I just want to emphasize that part of the story because every day is day one for most people. It's just like, don't compare yourself to anybody else out there. And I think that's a great story to showcase that where you were just so obsessed with this thing for yourself, helping yourself. And then now you're trying to help other people with it. Definitely. And
1: And when you get an opportunity, you got to grab it. Like, MSW, they put they rented out that back room at Native Hostel, and they were like, hey, because I would talk to them about my potions before, and they're like, hey, if you want to do this, we're starting in two weeks. You know, I was like, uh, like okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, ordered all this stuff. How did yeah. that
0: go? So, from from your perspective it was for, just for like, you guys, how yeah, did it
1: go? Yeah, it was – so, they're like, hey, just so you know, we're not going to be using this place in the mornings. If you want to set up your potion potions, you can do it. And, and – I mean, I was just like – it was a little intimidating. Like this is in two weeks, you know. I haven't even like – I know the recipes. I know – I believe in this so much. My love language is totally potions. If you come over to my house, I have like just such a huge collection of powders, herbs, teas, and I could I could tell you so much about all of them. I love it. And I always like to be like, how are you feeling? Let me make you something that's going to – you know. like. So I just – I knew and people always loved it. So I'm like, this is going to – this is going to work. Like I I just have that feeling. But like the logistics of it, you know, like we had to get a square, you know, to chart. Like at first I was doing Venmo. And then I remember like the first two days, like only half the Venmos like went through. And then um, – and me, I'm just like, oh, whatever. It's such a good experience. And Dan's like, no, no. Like we have to, you know, at least break even. Like he's more numbers focused, you know. And so every weekend we would just get a little bit better. Like at first we would like buy more product than we would need. We would just – we kind of improvised, like we started off with just getting these like heaters to make things hot at first. And, um, and it was just on, it really was just like learning to go. I remember even like the first girl who like showed up, I was just, I was so nervous. I was talking like a million miles a minute, you know, but, but now it's like, I really feel like we've, we're getting a hang of it.
0: So cool, like to just hear it from the from this side of things, because like I got to watch you. So anybody listening, like I got to watch those first couple weeks as you guys were were going through it, and then Dan's talking to me in the sauna about Mm -hmm. all the ideas and everything that's that's going on. And it's it's why I love what I do because I want more people to feel that feeling, like where you were just like I don't even care to get paid for this. Like this is like yeah, you just know wholeheartedly that this is like helping people and like totally. And I think again, that's half. Why Aaron and I were so, like, I love it because it, it, it gives me a feeling of like, this is something that is truly going to help someone because yeah. you care so much about the actual product. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of people do. Let's dive back to that self-awareness. They struggle to find that product or to find that thing because they're not self-aware enough to understand themselves first, Mm -hmm. to then create the product to help them. And then they're so passionate about
1: and to tell themselves that that they deserve it. You know, like you deserve something like a potion. You know, like it's it's indulgent. It is so good for you. It's so soothing for your adrenals. You know, like. Every person deserves that. And I feel like when you do become self-aware, you realize that, that you need more of things like that.
0: There's a saying, we get the love we think we deserve. Yeah. And I use it more, like it's for relationships and stuff like that, but I use it even in business and like your own personal self because like when you're thinking about your products and your business and even going back to the money thing, like you deserve, like the the amount that you've talked about, like researching here, I can see your face light up. So like- that that's worth a lot. There's yeah. a lot of people that would pay a lot of money for someone to care as much as you care. Yeah, just yeah. for that fact. Yeah. Um, now you have to do that same level of care for yourself, and mm-hmm. that's what's hard for people. Have you have to, to wake up and say, you know what? For me to help as many people as I truly do want to help, I do have to focus on the actual business aspect yeah. of this and say, okay if I make X, then I'm able, going to be able to give more. And that's been the flip for me. Cause even getting into what I've done is like, I'm just a full on optimist. I'm like, yeah, like I can help you and you and you and you and you, and like never ask for anything in return. Then I'm like, shit, like that felt great. But like, I want to help 10 X more of that. And like, I can't because I don't have the resources to do that. So then I'm back to square one. So it's just like, okay, now where do we go from? So whole reason I'm, going through this right now is I'd love to know now that you've had your first taste at it, what's the next route in your guys like game plan to like, kind of get this out there to more people because it's starting to take legs.
1: Yeah, I think so. a, A big thing is getting the formulation totally right. If I continue to do the bottles, but I think the big picture is a blend because I do want it to be something super accessible for someone every day. You know, like it's strong enough that if you drink it once, it is truly a hug for your adrenals. It's like a hell yeah for your brain. But if you do that every day, that's so good for you. And so I really want to empower people to make this for themselves every day, you know. And it's – the challenge is, is that I don't think it's just something that you like make mindlessly. I think a lot of like brands out there, I think a lot of people are just, you know, tossing it into the hot water – you know, frothing it, drinking it while they're like doing their emails. You know, they're not even – I want people to make more of this mind-body connection with what they're eating because food, like even like your shirt says right now, real food is medicine and it truly is. And I think that the thing about a potion, I really like think it is the ritual around it. It's that I tell everyone and I'm like, you might think I'm nuts But when you drink this, stretch right after, you know, like this is just, it's, you will feel so blissed out, but don't skip this step. And if you do skip this step, it's okay, but like honor what you're about to drink, you know, be like, this is going to be so good for me. I deserve this. This is going to do this, this, and this for me. I'm going to enjoy those benefits. It's going to be so incredible. I deserve to activate my parasympathetic mode and just this like rest and digest, and I would love, I just would love for people to experience that every day. So creating the blends, that's, that's the next thing.
0: Yeah. I thought of, you know what your bottles remind me of? Like a subscription, like back in the day when the milkman oh, yeah. dropped it's like a it off a of carry. your yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm just like, you guys would kill it. Like as it takes legs. I was yeah. sort of delivery like, I would this love could be that. a subscription based model where yeah. it's just like, you have people that really want this every week Yeah, and you're literally just making it. You have your own manufacturing facility, and you're you're making it with the love that it deserves. For sure, like you were saying in the beginning. Obviously, as it grows, it becomes a little bit more hectic. But they always say do things that don't scale. And like what I saw from you is you can't replace that smile and that like love and that joy yeah. that you're putting into that. It's very yeah. hard to replicate that. I know. Um, and I think you guys should definitely stick with it. So as much as Dan is pushing, uh, breaking even in sales and whatever, don't yeah. forget about the other half of that side of those things, that creativity, that love, definitely. because it does uh, have a huge impact on where your product can go. But we're getting close to wrapping up here, so I only have um, a couple more questions the next thing I have is like, so you're, you're mentoring these, these potions. Who is the type of person that would really look to be, to be drinking them? Um, so you're talking about a blend. I know what that means, but maybe some people out there don't know what that means. Um, so let's just wrap it up into this one question of who would a blend be for, like what type of person should be looking to get these type of ingredients into their life?
1: I, I think of two different people when I picture it. I, I, I first do think like the biohacking community is like super into it because when I explain the dosages, like they're so into that. And when I explain like how one thing works with another. So I think people who are already like super into health and just want to level up even more, maybe people who aren't doing something for their adrenals, perfect for them. I also picture it like I just have always kind of had this image of my in my head of people who just a potion would almost be a symbol of like I'm going to start doing even nicer things for myself, you know? Like I just cause I, I had this one guy come in once and he was like, We just got to talking like for a while and he's like, He's like, I'm really happy I'm doing this for myself, you know. Like I never buy myself things like this, you know, and I never really like cater towards my health. And I feel like this is something that I actually enjoy and is gonna make me feel so good. You know. So I also just picture the people who are like, I just wanna start doing something nice for myself and also make it really enjoyable. People who are looking to add in more rituals that make sense to them. Stretching and a potion makes sense to me. I think like when people think about it, maybe it makes sense to them too. Everyone, like we all need to find pockets of time to slow down.
0: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we like, when Aaron and I travel, we go to different juiceries smoothie places coffee shops and that is really our investment and i think we live in such a toxic culture where it's like when people go places or they do things it's always like you're never looked down upon for being the guy that's ordering shots for everybody at the bar right but if i'm like yo bros like let's wake up at 9 a.m or 10 a.m yeah and like go grab some superfood yeah and then like Go kayaking, right. paddleboarding, whatever. I get looked at like I'm crazy. I
1: know it's what absolutely ass
0: backwards. It's, I don't know. It's
1: so backwards.
0: I, I I really don't know. And I've I've thought back, the way you change things. I'm a researcher and like, because of the engineering, me is like you can't you can't just rebuild a bridge. Right. Like you have to knock the. You have to destroy the system that's yeah, already yeah, there most times. Do. So I'm trying to think like when did that start? Because if you think back like 50 years, like we didn't have the technology we have now and then now it's, when did the whole, I honestly, if I think think through it here, when you didn't have as much technology and as much stimulation as it did, like I think bars were more of a social thing Mm -hmm. than now they've become an escapism thing.
1: Totally. So
0: it used to be more of like, okay, everyone go to the bar and like let's hang out because there's really like, How else are you going to communicate? Right, right. People bowled. They went on golf courses. Like they did these things. Yeah. And then the the alcohol was the byproduct of that. Yes. It wasn't the actual focus versus now I think it's like the escapism of we're so overstimulated that people want to escape it.
1: Because they don't need to go be – you can just turn on your phone. Be social.
0: Yep. And back to your point of sitting alone with yourself and you think that that's what's like truly being self-aware is I think your product's – help people do that. Yeah. So I always try to just like think through, I'm super nerdy thinking through everything that we, we were talking about. But my takeaway from from your product is when I walked in there with Aaron, is it even helped us, like before we went to go work out, it helps us be present and like focus on ourselves and, and ultimately do what you were saying, which is yeah. like taking care of ourselves. But I could sit here and talk to you all day uh, about all these things. Such we're definitely gonna have- another podcast. Um, I'm actually in the talks right now, starting up a thrive on health podcast because I want to do a a life one where we talk through people's lives. And then also one that's super dialed into like, okay, cacao. We're spending 30 minutes talking about cacao. Um, so I would love once I do get that spinned up to have another conversation with you. Um, but unfortunately your time is extremely valuable and I don't want to keep you here all Mm -hmm. night. So Last real question I have for you is if there's someone else listening out there and they listen to something, they thought it was great, who is that person? What, what is going on in their life and who should be the person that really would reach out to you and connect and vibe with what you're doing?
1: I think it is, honestly, I do think it's people who are a little bit nerdy, who love like granular information, you know, like for me, for health. I take something general and I just break it down to the most granular level possible. So I think people who are into that, you know, who are just wanting to, like, learn even a little bit more, like, hey, I've read all these blogs on, I don't know, on butter coffee or something. And, like, I want to learn even the most granular uh, tips and tricks with that. Like, that's the type of stuff that I really like to write about. So people who just really love to learn and also I think people who are, like, very open to exploring more things like emotional. Like I I do really do love to get into the just emotional part of life and explore it and talk about it. And not, and I don't really like to give advice. So if anyone's seeking advice on emotional stuff, that's not me. But if you're seeking someone to just kind of like relate to, I love that kind of stuff. No topics are off limits. We'll
0: have to, I'm, I'm sad. We, I didn't, Pick on that earlier that uh, in this episode and get you talking about that. So, just another reason to continue the conversation at another time. Um, how can they reach out to you? What's the best way to communicate with you?
1: So, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all this, the Violet Fog. Uh, if they ever want to send me an email, I it's like so funny. I actually like email a lot with the Violet Fog community. So, katie at violetfog.com. If they ever have a specific question, And then Violet Fog Potions, at Violet Fog Potions, I talk about wherever I'm popping up in Austin, and I usually pop up somewhere different every Saturday.
0: Heck yeah. Well, you know where to find her. Please reach out to her. I have one last question for you, Katie. I ask it at the end of every episode for everybody that comes on here, and I have the grateful time of spending with. What does it mean to thrive to you?
1: I think to thrive is to... Experience every emotion fully, accept it, sit with it, and be present in the moment, whether it's happiness, sadness, all of the things, and to not deny any part of life. And just experience this beautiful spectrum of emotions because it really is what makes life beautiful.
0: Mic drop. (laughs) Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So anything that you're dealing with, anything that's going on in your life right now, just accept it and realize. That's why I have a wave tattooed on my wrist. It's just like every time there's a low, there's going to be a high and then just continue to ride both the the lows and the highs. So I love how you sum that up. And at the end of every episode, I kind of give my biggest takeaway and something you said earlier in this episode about self-awareness has me thinking, and I think I'm going to create some content around it after this which is revolving around self-awareness is the ability to just like literally just sit with yourself and your own thoughts and and be okay with that and really just blocking out the noise. If you can do that, then you have some sort of self-awareness and ability to tap into that self-awareness. And I think there's a lot of people, including myself that have struggled with this either in our past or currently. And I highly recommend that if you haven't taken some time to go on a walk or do the things that you need to do to just be with yourself and be with your own thoughts, that's what you need to do right now. Mm -hmm. And Talk
1: out loud to yourself.
0: Yeah, talk out loud. Talk to your cat, your dog. Yeah. Talk to the plants. I like plants. Um, Whatever it is that you're thinking about or you're doing or going on in your life, again, try to find some self-awareness because that is – been that has been a major impact on me and it sounds like it's been a major impact on you katie for sure um so yeah this is cj finley with the thrive on life podcast thank you so much again for tuning in and can't wait to talk to you guys next week thrive on y'all what's up y'all this is cj again and on behalf of the small team here at thrive on life i'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes our mission in life is to help people like you feel your passion and make every heartbeat count And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.